you know. Well, welcome. Happy Father's Day. Oh, not you, Lynette. Not you, Lynette. Your day has passed. It was May. Mothers. So, uh, happy Father's Day. Okay, good grief. Are y'all sleeping or what? Hey, so we're going to be looking from the book of uh, Romans. If you want to go ahead and turn there, we'll go ahead and let you get started on that. Um, but I want, you know, today is Father's Day, right? And today is Father's Day. We uh, are to honor our fathers if they are uh, still here, and we can honor them if they are not by uh, representing what a father is supposed to represent as an earthly father. I think it's interesting when we think about the fatherhood of God, um, the Lord's Prayer, Jesus taught his disciples uh, to call God Father. If you'll, if you'll uh, uh, follow me here, it says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know, um, he taught also, I believe, in Scripture, we see that God, or that Scripture teaches that God is, is not everyone's father. And that might strike you a little funny, but, but God is the father of only those who are led by the Spirit of the Son. Romans uh, chapter 8 verses 9 says, However you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, but if, every, but if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Skip down to verse 14. We'll read through 14 through 17. It says, for, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons and daughters of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by which you cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you. We thank you for loving us. And Lord, as, as we read your word, help us to apply it to our lives. Thank you for Paul and his obedience to you. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. You know, you think about this. Not everyone can lay claim to that privilege of knowing God as Father. And this is my prayer that if you are here today and you don't, whether you're a male or female, if you don't know God as Father, I pray that you ask Him to, to come into your life today. It's a very important part of who you are if you know who your heavenly father is. It's, it's important for your eternity. Let's just leave it there. It's important for your eternity. And you know, eternity plagues everyone. There is an eternal uh, a life for all of us, whether it is in the presence of God or whether it's separated from God. And I pray that you are in the presence of God. But so the word says that only those who are born of God, who receive Christ, who are led by the Spirit, have the right to receive the inheritance of God as children. So, there's a privilege. There's a privilege of, of prayer and, and, and the promise that God will, what, work all things to, the, to get out together for, for who? For your good. 
I mean, God wants us to have good. He wants us to be a part of the uh, inheritance of, of the sonship, you know, and, 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 and that's really, that's what being a child of God is. That's what it means to be a child of God. So I want us to look at two things real quick, uh, two reasons that I uh, begin with this word fatherhood, uh, the fatherhood of God. One is that I believe that all human uh, fathers, all human fatherhood should be patterned after our divine father. I mean, wouldn't you agree? Amen. Okay, good. So we are churchgoers, and that's what we believe. And if you don't believe it, it's proper to say amen anyway, right? Just kidding. But, you know, the, the guide that every father should be uh, to live in a way that children will see God, who, how God the Father is like, what he is like when I live out my life in front of my children that should be representing God. And I'll just be honest with you, and many of you know this, there was a long time in my life where I was not representing God to my children as the Father. I was representing them as I am the king of me, you know, and, and that is the wrong way. Um, they ought to see the reflection of the human father. Uh, uh, it, they, the, our children should see the reflection of the divine father in our human fathers. You know, but there's going to be an imperfect. We're not perfect. You know, some of us are dangerously close. Um, but <laughs> ah, Thanks, Steve. Um, you know, but, but our Heavenly Father, we, we should model His strength. What else should we model? His tenderness. As, as fathers, we should model His wrath. We can't forget about God's wrath. It's real. Okay? Um, we should model His mercy. We should model His surpassing wisdom. You know, that's where I struggle. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that wise, luckily, as I get older. That just kind of unfortunately happens. Fortunately for me, it happens. You know, but we should also model His patient guidance. And, you know, the task of every human father is to be, for his children, the image of God the Father. And I know I keep saying that, but that's why it's so important. The other reason that I want to talk about the fatherhood of God is to give a message to those who, I know most of you personally, so, but I'm not to assume, to give maybe some that are not, that may not be a Christ-following father. This message is for you. Maybe, maybe you didn't have a Christ-following father. Maybe that just wasn't the father that you had here on earth. But God, here's a, you know, God offers his fatherhood to everyone, everyone who accepts the gift of Christ. And you know what? This adoption thing that's talked about in the Bible, as we become adopted, as we become children of God, we are adopted adopted by what by trusting Christ by trusting Christ and yielding here's the here's the thing too we have to surrender we have to yield to the spirit of God in order for him to be effective in our lives we have to yield to him um, Colossians three twenty one. I didn't put it on the screen but you can write it down look at it later um, it, it tells us that it says fathers do not provoke your child lest they become discouraged. Now, I don't know about you, but I know for sure Matt, Matt and myself, we grew up with provoking fathers. <laughs> we grew up with provoking fathers, and today's Father's Day, and I, and I miss my dad, and I'm sure Matt does too, but 
You know, they loved us. They were good parents, good fathers, but they were sure provoking. I mean, my dad, he, 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 that was, I mean, he loved me. Let me, let me, let me say that. I don't want to get that wrong. I had a great dad. He, he cared about me. He loved me. He provided for me. He kept me secure. He fed me some. Um, <laughs> he didn't whip me near enough, Steve. Uh, but, you know, the goal of a father is to raise children who are not discouraged. And, you know, in a life, in a world today, it's easy to be discouraged. I mean, you can find discouragement anywhere and everywhere you go, can't you? It's pretty simple, actually, to find discouragement. So what is the definition of discourage? To call someone to lose confidence or enthusiasm. I think this, this word actually implies losing heart. Maybe uh, the spiritless or uh disinterested, like some of you sometimes when Pastor Frank and myself are preaching. Good grief. (laughs) Uh, The verse tells fathers, do not provoke their children to to avoid discouragement, right? So, I want to say that the next, here's a negative connotation in verse 21 that really implies a positive command. Do not discourage your children. What's the opposite of discourage? Or what is a positive uh, a directive of discourage? I-, I was thinking of four words, and you had them. Hopeful, happy, confident, and courageous. The verses that we were reading tells us that the, uh, that fathers not only to avoid one kind of fatherhood, but it also means to pursue another kind. And what's that other kind of fatherhood that we need to pursue as fathers? We need to give hope instead of discouragement. Give happiness instead of discouragement. Confidence and courage, the four words that we just talked about. Hopeful, think about that. You know, Paul makes it clear in his word when he Uh, says that we should uh, be fathers who give hope instead of discouragement. What what, What are we thinking he means, hope in what? This is where you say something back. Hope in what? Hope in God, that's right. Hope in God, not money, not my hope in my education. Not hope in my spouse, not hope in my professional success, not hope in how safe I am. I mean, I think if this is the case, if we were able to ask Paul, if we were able to maybe ask Jesus, what kind of freedom from discouragement do you want our children to have? I guarantee you that Jesus or Paul would not have said, I want your children to be free from discouragement by being filled with the hope of becoming wealthy or becoming well-known or intellectual or or married or, or any kind of success. That's not what he means, and we know that. He means be the kind of fathers who do not discourage your children, but rather fill them with the hope of Christ. And there is a large hope in Christ that we have, amen? Amen. There is a large hope that we have in Christ. And the second thing, number two, is happiness. You know, when we consider happiness as the opposite of discouragement, um, 
Paul, he, he would not be content if the father simply made his children feel good by what? I know a lot of times we, we do this. We, we, we try to make our children feel good by giving them everything they want. And then what do we create? Spoiled little brats. That's what Matt's going. That's right. We create spoiled little brats by giving them everything they want. And, and that's not what God is trying to say. It, it, James 4, 9, it says, let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to dejection. So here's a good point. There is happiness that has nothing to do with God. Okay? And you're thinking, well, well this is church. We've got to have everything to do with God. But there is a happiness that has nothing to do with God and therefore has no value in God's sight. And that's what the world tells us is happiness. The world alone, not the creator, says that you're happy if you, if you, you know, the American dream, you know, make it, make it what you want. It's your life, you can do whatever you want. It's your body, you can do whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. It's not what Paul wants the fathers to put in place of discouragement. Fathers, do not discourage your children but fill them with the joy in God. Look, at, I didn't put it on the screen either, but you can turn your Bibles to it later or write it down. But Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5 says, Not only so, but we also glory in our suffering, because we know that the suffering produces perseverance, perse- perseverance, character, and hope. And hope does not put us to shame, Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The Spirit of God has been given to believers. Don't discourage your children. Make them happy. Make them happy in God by helping them find out what hope in God looks like. That's the true character of what a father should be. Now, now, as far as hope and happiness... This is a common sense idea for even non-believing fathers, isn't it? I mean, this is pretty simple stuff. Uh, uh, Self-confidence and and God-confidence. There's a difference. Amen? Okay. When when we consider confidence as the opposite uh, of discouragement, I think the message here takes, uh, the scripture here takes a dramatic turn away from the natural wisdom of the world. And that's what we get wisdom some, somewhat as we live out life. It seems like in, in, in the worldly view that that's where our wisdom comes from. When I do this and that happens, then I know that that happens when I do this. You know, that's wisdom, right? But what kind of wisdom do we gain from, from Scripture? I mean, it, it surpasses what we understand of the world. I mean, the world says don't discourage your child. Build up his self-confidence. The scripture says, don't discourage your child, build up his God confidence. I mean, in fact, the scripture is more precise than that. It teaches, don't discourage your child, but do your best to outroot the self-confidence and replace it with God confidence. We're supposed to get rid of that self-confidence. And when it teaches us to root out the self-confidence, it means root out the desire to be or appear to be Self-confident. I mean, I need to walk around in confidence in the Lord. Amen? Not in confidence in my miraculous hairdo. (laughs) Not in in myself. I mean, Scripture knows that 
Most people even fail to have any self-confidence. Most people walk around in life quite unhappy. I mean, most people are, are just so sad about their inability to appear self-reliant and self-assured or cool or in control. We, a lot of people struggle with that as it is. So why is it so important to the world that we need to be confident in who I am? We need to be confident in who God is. We need to put our trust in Him. Um, I think there's a, there's a vivid uh, illustration of how Paul's heavenly father was patiently working to root out uh, Paul's uh, self-assured, uh, uh, self-confidence in, 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 in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Again, I did not put it on the screen, but it's chapter uh, 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. It says, we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly, unbearably crushed that we despaired to life itself. Why? We felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely or be confident, not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. So, question. Did God want Paul to not be confident? Did he want him to be listless or, or spiritless or moody or weak or fearful? What do you think? I mean, I, I, I don't think so. We can see if we, kept, if we were to read more, uh, the Bible's clear. It says, no, that Paul, God wanted Paul. He actually, God came to Paul while he was in Corinth. And he says, do not be afraid, but speak and do not be silent for I am with you. So when you think about the confidence that we are to build in our children, it's not self-confidence, but the confidence in the grace and the power of God. And I know sometimes even for the fathers, even for me, it's hard to find that confidence and to be so reliant on God when I know I'm the one that has to make the, the I'm the one that has to Here's the challenge for fathers. Think about how you can throw out the self-reliant from the heart of your children and fill it with the confidence and the courage um, and, and the boldness that are, that are rooted in grace and, and, and the power of God and, and not themselves. Because we all know that we can't save ourselves. I mean, uh, be, be the kind of father whose children do not lose heart or become discouraged, but are filled with hope and happiness. You know, obviously we all know this, that life brings some, uh, uh, and I believe the Father or God uh, allows the short, short-term frustrations, discouragement into all of our lives, especially our children, you know, um, but I think it gives them the opportunity to grow in their faith when we're bringing them up right. It gives them the opportunity to grow. Now, I know some of you may, may think, well, here, I'm not a father, and I came here today to, to hear a message from God, and all I heard was about fathers. But now, this is not only for fathers. I believe it can be applied to Christ followers, uh, this message. Um, the, 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 the verse that we, 
We've been talking about specific, I hate that word, I can't hardly say it, specifically says fathers. But should we, should we as followers of Christ provoke or discourage those around us? I mean, those in our homes, maybe at our work, at our community. We need to be happy and we need to be hopeful and confident in Christ through any relationship or any, any interaction with those who God puts in our place. I believe we're in each other's lives for a reason. And it's up to us to look to God to find out that reason. You may need a, a certain kind of love that's not... You know what I mean? God, God shows His love through each other, through us. I mean, God shows His love... To the children through me. You know, does that make sense? And, and God's looking to show everyone uh, that kind of love so it can pour out into those around us. I mean, it, it shines through us. His love does. And here's the thing. It can change people's lives. It, it has changed. And it's going to continually change you. I mean, we know this is true from Scripture because the Bible has taught to imitate our Heavenly Father. The Bible teaches all believers uh, we are told to be holy as He is holy. In 1 Peter 1.16, we are told to be merciful as He is merciful. Luke chapter 6, verse 36. I want, I want, I want to leave you with this quote from Billy Graham. We are the Bibles the world is reading. We are the creeds the world is needing. We are the sermons the world is heeding. So maybe you are here today and you've never realized, man, there's a Father in heaven who wants to build me up with hope and confidence and, and show me mercy and grace and not provoke me. Maybe, you've, maybe you're that father here. Maybe you're that child here of God that's never known him personally. And, 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 I, and I say this, if that's you, I, I ask that you just come today and, and make it known that you want to give your life to Christ, that you need a heavenly father like, like the one we've talked about today. Maybe you already are a, a, a Christ follower and uh, you've been struggling in a certain area of your life, and you just want to come up here to the altar and pray and ask God to help you with it. Don't, don't feel ashamed about anything. We are a family here, and we need to act more like that, and, and, and especially to the outside world, because they want to look in and see. They, they are looking at us, whether we think so or not, and they're casting judgment. And, and what are, I want people to look at me and see, man, he was changed. And for the good, for, the, for, the, for God, the Father, He's changed us. And He has the ability to change all things. So if you feel like you want to change, come up here and let God change it. Miss Tara's going to come. We're going to sing our hymn of invitation or whatever song it may be. I say hymn because that's just the church and thing to say, you know. But we're going to sing a song together. And if God's been speaking to you, you come. Don't be ashamed.